I'm Molly, and you're listening to Zetas Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What up, all you AI and non-AI people? Listen, I have to introduce the AI people because, like, it's scary and it's really coming. I'm Alan. I'm Molly. And I'm Max. And I'm an AI person. What? <laughs> you know what? what? If it was going to be one of us, that does make the most sense. You know what? That adds up, actually. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Well, that's, I'm having to reassess a lot of things in my life. Well, in any case, you're a great AI person there, Max, and we... Uh, our Zetas Lapidus, that's what you're listening to. This is the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or DCOM in chronological order and then uh, spend far too much time analyzing them. This week, we all watched a classic Smart House. Uh, it is a classic. I loved it so much. It's just like, this is, I think, uh, uh, granted, I don't know what comes next, but this, I feel like we're in peak DCOM era right now, at least for me and my my childhood growing up. So, like, I'm I'm loving this this time that we're in. It's probably when I think of D. I mean, Xenon, obviously, the icon. But when I think about my personal relationship with DCOMs, this is probably the DCOM yeah. for me. Like, it sticks out more than any other DCOM when it comes to, like, me watching these. This is number one for me. Yeah, for sure. This one and, yeah, Xenon and maybe Brink. But, like, yeah, this one is a pinnacle for me. This one I had the most hardcore memories of, like, remembering scene by scene what happens and this one i had a lot of stress going into this one because you know um a lot hasn't held up yeah 13th year didn't hold up which was last week and (laughs) thank god smart house did i think it held up yeah i agree no no spoilers but i think this movie held up Uh, honestly very very like the sigh of relief i felt when i got through with this was like okay this one made it. <laughs> this, yeah. this one made it. We're not going to butcher this one on the pod. I mean, yeah. there's there's plenty to talk about, <laughs> there, oh, but we're, it's not going to be a slaughterhouse yeah, on this God, pod no. today. Um, so the basic show info of this uh, is a teenager wins a fully automated dream house in a competition, but soon the computer controlling it begins to take over and everything gets out of control. Then teenage Ben must calm the computer named Pat. So this movie was released June 26th of 1999. A little, I have so many fun facts about the web. So many, I have two. I just, before you say that, 1999, do you think this whole movie was a cautionary tale about the oh, upcoming Y2K? Wait, 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 no, 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 no. This no, is I, one of his fun facts. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Go on with your fun facts. I got a fun fact. Hold on. Tell me about, tell me Pause. about the millennium. Pause. I will tell you. Well, it's not about the millennium. It's about Stu Krieger, who's a writer who, who wrote, wrote the screenplay. He actually visited NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory to research the technology featured in Smart House and in Xenon, the other film he helped write. Uh, And he was cognizant that the futuristic technology found in the film wasn't going to seem too far-fetched because it was rooted in what NASA was already sort of like projecting and working on, which is why it feels so realistic. Yeah, that Doc Ock arm sure does feel very (laughs) realistic. It's on a rover. It's on a rover. No, but... do y'all not remember Y2K panic? Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. Of course I do. That was the one year I love my mom, but sometimes I'm like, come Ooh. on, mom. You know, I think everybody does, everybody does it with their parents. But, <laughs> um, looking back, we used to travel to visit my family for, for the holidays, as many people do. The only year we did not go my entire childhood was the year 
1999 to 2000 because my mom was afraid the computers would break and the planes wouldn't work and we'd fall out of the sky. (laughs) A lot of people, a lot of people were struggling with that. There was a lot of 2000 fear. Yeah. Um, It is interesting to have such a high tech movie leading up to that. I don't remember when that panic set in, but I certainly remember all of the, the hubbub and and mm. all the the craziness around New Year's that year. Right. I mean, I can't speak for we as a generation. So the three of us have lived through two of those such panics. One is 2000, and the other is 2012. When it was like the Mayan calendar ended. Well, like, very different reasons, though, oh, right? Yeah. Like this was all about. As I remember, it was like the computer won't know how to handle going from 99 to 100 when it can't have three digits, or like oh, yeah. like yeah. Th- that they had no faith in computer systems and was what mom, it was all about which is that ridiculous. was the problem in my family is my mom is a business analyst for a very well-known company she's very high up in this company in computers and technology and she didn't trust it That's- oh how little we knew so yeah came out june 26th of 1999 and i guess the question that we've all sort of answered but i'm going to ask you all officially is did you watch this movie as a kid oh hell yeah over and over again yeah i, I, I dunked the funk it feels like it feels like you know what's funny is nowadays we have streaming services and if i wanted to watch this movie on repeat i could mm-hmm. obviously in those days it was kind of like well if it's on you watch it you know unless you recorded it with a vhs tape which i did record a lot of i did that often but mm-hmm. in my head i feel like i watched this movie a lot I don't think that that was true, but in my brain, I remember watching this movie a lot. Well, I think a Probably lot twice. Yeah. You know, like, Again, I think a lot is a very different thing when you don't, when not everything's on demand. Right. If I saw this movie maybe twice a year, I'm like, okay, I actually saw this movie quite a bit. Right. And the, yeah. especially if I went out of my way to record it, which I did like you, um, also recorded on VHS pre DVR that wouldn't come out for another, like what? Six or seven years. Um, oh, no, you schedule that baby. I had 100%. a, I had a VCR in my that. room and Pokemon would come on at six 30 oh. in the morning. And so I had every day I had the VCR, I had six hour VHS tapes that you bought at Walmart. And every day it would record from like six 30 to seven. And I would wake up for school. And while I was getting ready, I'd watch that day's Pokemon episode. Dude, you literally just, awoke a memory within me about my uh, because same same man that when that when that pokemon episode came on i was like i gotta watch who's that pokemon it's chancy like you i was like i gotta know who that pokemon is today and also hearing the poke rap over and over and over again oh yeah did you get that cd after the first movie came obviously yeah man brother my brother i'm on the road to viridian city i'm on the road i'm on the road Anyway, this joke is for five people. Yep, yep. Enjoy yeah, that. So I, I would like to move on because I didn't watch Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, please name, before we move on, you have to name your favorite Pokemon. Yeah, who, who's your favorite? Just any favorite Pokemon. Who's Molly's favorite Pokemon? Um, I kind of like Charmander. Nice. Oh, good, nice. Good, good choice. choice. A solid choice. Yeah, He's a solid cute. choice. For he sure. is cute. Uh, speaking of other solid choices, let's talk about the top song in the, uh, for this week. Nice. It was If You Had My Love by Jennifer Lopez. If you oh. had my love, then I gave it. That is indeed the one. That is indeed the one. Now, here is what surprised me about this. The top grossing movie. Because if you were to look at the, if you were to look at the month and the year, I think you would anticipate a very different answer. So I'm going to share with you number one and number two. They were the top grossing films were only off from one another by about five million dollars, which is not a lot when you're talking about movies. Movie sales at this time. The top grossing movie for this week 
was Austin Powers, the spy oh. who shagged me. Yes. Yeah. Does that make you horny, baby? <laughs> Mikey Randy. <laughs> Mikey Randy. Followed a close second by Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Guess which one of those movies I've watched for? That's very funny. (laughs) Now, I will say this. If I know Star Wars, Mm -hmm. episode one came out early to mid-May. Yes. So, so it's hanging on, right? It's hanging like on. it's yeah. it's been hanging on for two months. Yeah. It, it, so like it, it's been there for a while. Yeah. So it came out between the thirteenth year and Smart House, right? So and, and so decom chronology, sort of placing us in time, smack dab in the middle of those. Star Wars episode one. Get that little whiny bitch Anakin. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm a person and my name is Anakin. Point made. Yeah. (laughs) Nailed it, buddy. Some news headlines from the time. There's one that's not interesting, one that is sort of interesting. Uh, One of the news headlines that was the biggest one that I kept reading over and over again was that uh, President Clinton, because he's still hanging around, proposed changes to Medicare that would allow it to be solvent for 12 additional years until 2027. So we're holding on to that. Is this the exciting one or the not exciting one? The not exciting one. You know what I love is that... uh, Unless you like Medicare. They've definitely solved healthcare in this country. Yeah, yeah, we are lucky that 23 years later, at least that's been solved. (laughs) Healthcare in the United States is easier than ever. Yep. Uh, As somebody who works in the industry, boy, is it not confusing at all. Uh, And then the second, which is actually pretty interesting, is the reports of sales of Discmen and CDs in this year officially overtook the sales of cassettes and you got to see cassette sales plummet at towards the end of 99 as CDs officially became the primary medium of music. That is interesting. And I did have a Discman. You know what's interesting about that is it feels a weight to it me. It kind of right? does. Like yeah, almost I, 2000 and you're 99? still... 99? Well, so here's a moment in time for you. I have a home video and I, I would, I like it lives in my brain rent free of me getting the Backstreet Boys Millennium cassette for a birthday and an NSYNC CD. I got both of those forms of me- like media in the same birthday and it was around mm. 99, 2000. Yeah. Cause that's when the millennium came out. Obviously. Right. So, so like I, for one, <laughs> thanks. Hey, well, I had, it, right. I, I had the CD. <laughs> Right, but I, I got both forms right. of media for like a birth as a birthday gift, which is just like thinking back, like that's just wild. I, I guess that tracks. I mean, I remember still getting cassettes because my dad had an older car, so it didn't have a CD player in it yet. Mm-hmm. So we had to bust the cassette out. I mean, I definitely remember the the Walkman in the floor of the car with the cassette adapter did you have yep did you have or your parents i guess have any cd players in the trunk uh Uh, where you had to load the cds in the trunk yeah it was like a multi-cd situation yeah it was a multi-cd and you had to load them in the trunk my Mm. mom had that which Mm -hmm. is a huge pain i think my dad had one of those Yeah, but I mostly remember, I mean, my first car was an 86 Camry. And so I had the Walkman with the cassette adapter and and changing out CDs. I think what I'm struggling with there, I also remember like 2005, I'm in high school. I can sort of place this memory because of what class I'm in. And I remember somebody having an iPod Nano. And yeah, that's a quick jump. 
that's a quick jump. But like, I, th that's a big jump to go from like cassettes just took over to like there's an iPod. It's that's that, a that's a massive jump. So I think like this because I I did a deep dive on this right because I'm a nerd and I was so interested in, in all of this is like how fast things ramped after C like so CDs become dominant. You just get Mac going like, yeah, we can put all this thing on a brick and enjoy your music now. Yeah, I just looked. The, iPod, the original iPod released October of 2001. We're, we're two years away from the iPod and the, and the CD has just taken over. That is hard for me to like wrap my brain around a it's little bit. It's wild, dude. This exercise, by the way, has had a lot of unintended side effects. And it's for me, it's just sort of how slow everything felt until I was, you know, 11. 11, 12, right? <laughs> yeah. And then it just skyrockets. Yeah, it, it, we just right. We just blast the fuck off. Okay, so does everybody feel like they're in 1999? June 26, 99. I really do because I actually wrote all my notes for this podcast in gel pen. <laughs> <laughs> you remember milk pens? Yeah, oh, I bought, milk pens is what I'm looking for. I bought gel pens to write our last month's uh, postcards and... I'm realizing that I have to hold my notebook at a certain angle. Otherwise, to I can't read, read it. Yeah, yeah that's correct. <laughs> so I do feel like I'm in 1999. Oh, Thank you. Oh, God, what a God. nightmare those were. Uh, and the, everybody wanted to have like, how big is your jailhead collection? Go away, Oh, Kyle. I had a lot. Let's go ahead and dive into Smart House. Our opening scene takes place heavily inside of the Smart House, particularly revolving around two characters. One that you're going to get to know is Sarah Barnes, who you find out very quickly is the creator of the house, as well as her assistant. Miles, right? Yes, it is Miles. And they're discussing a contest for presumably who's going to win the house. And it's, I think we are, sh the capabilities of the house are kind of showcased in very interesting vignettes. What I was the key takeaway for me was, the smart house using the, as you've mentioned previously, the Doc Ock arm and then berating a newspaper boy. Yeah, that's right. And we're going to get the newspaper from the sidewalk, this massive metal articulated hand on a, it's, it's a wild technology. So, it immediately illustrates the incredible graphics we're going to get right. for this video. That's oh, right. Ab absolutely. And also unbeknownst to us, a key plot point towards the resolution of this film is the opening through which that Doc Ock hand comes that's out. That's true. That's true. So I literally wrote that and I was like, wow, that's a callback I wasn't expecting. <laughs> Way to go, LeVar Burton. By the way, LeVar Burton directed this. That is wild. Oh. That is wild. Reading Rainbow. Which Take a look. look. It's, it's in, in a book. A book. It's reading Rainbow. Butterfly in the sky. I could go twice as high. There were many moments in watching this movie where I was like, I need to know more. And not only do we establish the house as high tech, we also establish our girl Sarah as not needing a man. Ooh. All right. She's too busy. Mm. And there's a book referenced. Oh, I know the title. I love it. <laughs> Smart Women Foolish Choices. <laughs> And I was book? curious if that's a real book. Oh, wait. Which I bet it, is. it is. Oh, yeah. my God. It was released in 1986. And I just want to read you what Amazon books would tell you the synopsis is to see <laughs> how you feel about it. Okay. Coming from a much needed male point of view. The authors tell why smart women are almost magnetically drawn to the wrong man and how they can change their love-defeating attitudes to open up new opportunities for romantic happiness. 
a much needed male point of view. Go fly a, a fucking kite. Needed Ab- male point of view. Shut the because smart women are almost magnetically drawn to the wrong men. You know what my takeaway from reading this is? What am a lady? Number one, of course, this is smart women foolish choices written by two men. But also, it's nice to know that the nice guy's attitude has existed since 1986. You two are acting shocked. I'm not shocked. This one's acting shocked. I'm not shocked. I hate it. I loathe it deeply. Oh, do, you, do you, straight white man, hate this? <laughs> okay. I, oh, first of all, I can support you in your hatred of it. Whoa, now. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I heard you say that. And I was like, yeah, that's... Yep. Accurate. Of course, two fucking dudes wrote a book about how smart women... And notice how the whole thing isn't, oh, smart women are scientifically baking... Like, whatever. It's smart women are making a mistake. It's not... It's the woman's fault. And how you, woman, can change. Yeah, it's the woman's fault. It's not, guys, stop being douchebags. It's... You are making the mistake and yeah. you need to make change because not, you are making bad choices. It's not like smart women are attracted to equally smart and driven partners, which therefore like causes bad relationships because both parties are very driven and career focused and like it's not anything intelligent. It's just like women, you're you silly gooses. You're an idiot. You dipshits are picking yeah. the wrong men. Here's you may how to be, be better. smart in the classroom. You're a dummy when it comes to relationships. I bet if we read that it was like, stop being so smart. Men are intimidated by you. God. Like Well I just Max, thought it was funny. I had to look. I you for doing the reading. It got mentioned. It. I had to look and then I read the synopsis and it made me laugh because I was like, of course, of course, needed, this is a much needed different point of view on any one issue that's ever happened. That's right. Uh, you know, it is good. We we don't often get the male point of view. So it's nice that we got it. I in like this that book. we mixed it up. How how progressive in 1986. Yeah, uh, I hate that for her. But we what we do find out about Sarah is that she's incredibly talented, right? She's developed this house with the AI. It's sort of like alluded to initially and then explained later as it is truly artificial intelligence. It is a learning machine that controls everything about the house and that there is a contest to give it away, right? That's sort of the, the, the crux of what this scene is supposed to inform us to. And then there's immediately a jump cut to our male lead, Ben Ryan Merriman at his home. I love Ryan Merriman. Welcome Ryan Merriman to the community theater. You will appear many times. You are going to be a staple. You're going to be a principal. In the mm-hmm. Disney Channel oh, for sure. uh, community theater. A, a fan favorite of mine, along with Eric Von Denton. Many a, many a gal my age had a crush on Ryan Merriman. I had a moment, and this we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I think that Ryan Merriman is the original Zac Efron wow. of the DCOMs. That's, wow. Like, if we think about it, same sport, both into basketball, both recurring in a variety of films throughout. One is in the series, but the other is just in a pocket like place throughout. I, I do think so. The original. Ryan, Ryan Merriman walks so that Zac Efron could run and sing. A hundred percent. On a golf course. Certainly on not doing that on a golf course. <laughs> you better bet on it. So we have Ryan Merriman or it's Ben, right? Engaging yeah. in a variety of homemaking activities, really being a hairy homemaker. And 
I, I don't know what you both were drawn to in this series of scenes because we're introduced to uh, the younger sister, Angie, who is just Katie. Welcome back, Katie, to the, commu- to the community theater. Uh, and then the, the father figure we were introduced to as well, Nick, one smooth motherfucker. And we're introduced to all this sort of family unit very, very quickly. The dominant role is that been as sort of the caretaker of the family. Everything else was lost to me except for two things. One, Ben is making a tuna noodle casserole, which sounds terrible. What is worse about it is that he puts it in the oven and there are no breadcrumbs on the top. He pulls it out of the oven and there are breadcrumbs magically. And I just want to know when the fuck were the breadcrumbs added. Two, Ben is known for entering contests, which seems relatively innocent in 99, but today screams as if he would be scammed and all of his family's money would be gone because of all of the different things he is engaged in. And mm. I like I was like things that could fly in '99 that can certainly not fly today is entering a hell of a lot of contests. I think it's important that we go ahead and check up the single parent counter. Absolutely true. That is a, a recurring theme throughout the film, and the reason that Ben has to kind of be Harry Homemaker is because he takes a lot of the family uh, functions. He puts them on his shoulders because they don't their their mom's not there. They'll get into that in a little bit. So he does a lot of the cooking. He like he, they show him picking up his little sister from a friend's house after school. They show him walking the dog. They show him helping his sister with her homework. They like they show him in kind of this parental housekeeping role. So that's established very quickly. And I also just really liked the, all the family immediately, which is rare. Mm. I especially liked the dad, I want to say. I think mm. I'm going to talk more about the dad in a little bit, but like I immediately was like, this is the best dad we've gotten in a DCOM because mm. he seemed to have a very good relationship with his kids. He seemed to be like a cool dad, but not trying too hard like Xenon's dad. Like I immediately was like, this dad is legit the thing that the thing that struck me about the scene was and we we will understand the like the tension that this created and why and it's not always a a really good thing but but the thing that struck me as i was watching the scene was in one scene they've made this character more likable than any other lead in any decom true like like immediately we we have called out that through the history of these movies so far a lot of the lead characters are unlikable characters and they're like the villains are often like, hey, maybe you have a point. And like the, <laughs> the main character is not great for a lot of reasons. And even throughout whole films, they don't really like grow on you. Whereas in one scene, I'm like, oh, OK, Ben's a good dude. Like, it's clear he loves his family. He does work around the house. He goes and he gets his sister. She walks out of the out of her friends and she's like, hey, tell her thank you. You know, then he helps her with her homework. He's like, this kid is like doing the thing, you know, and, and he's responsible and all the things. And like, yeah, maybe he should be able to be a teenager. And what I'm drawn to is like, that's responsibility, right? Like I, maybe that's the adult in me, but I, I just found that like it took one scene for me to like Ben more than I liked most DCOM leads so far. For all the likability that Ben has, in this scene we are introduced to sort of like the one critical sticking point. I'm not going to call it like a character flaw because I think it's like a real thing. Is that we get a line that Angie delivers, which is when she's talking with her dad, Nick. The, the conversation comes around to dating, right? And, and Nick getting back out there after the mom has died. And and she says, and you can start dating so we can have a new mom. That's the line she delivers. And then all we get is a cut to Ben, who is not having it. And it's that's a brutal line. Yeah. It's like, 
Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa now, Angie. I think that line is unrealistic. I, I I mean, it's written to start a conversation and to get that reaction from Ben, but like, man, that is a heavy thing to say. Um, to the dad, too. Like, yeah, to, in general, right? Yeah. Like, you you have to imagine it's it's an establishing line, and so like we need it to get into the story. I totally understand, but you have to imagine that like these conversations about like hey nobody's gonna ever replace mom like that stuff. I, listen, I, I mean just to speak like I, I'm a kid of divorce, and like that stuff was happening regularly, and and that's not me losing my parent to death. My, my parents were alive and it's still like, nobody's going to be your dad. Like if I marry someone, like they're not going to be your dad. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it is that it was a shocking line to me as a kid who didn't lose a parent, but went through divorce and was like, Oh no. I mean, this is like, that's conversation I was happening, having very young with my, my parents. And it, it felt really flippant. I think that's what took me most by surprise is that it just, she just, you know, rocketed that out of her back pocket, like just directly yeah. over at Nick. Which I think establishes both that it it is an establishing line in this, like it is needed for us to understand the family dynamic immediately. But I also think, and they speak about this more, is like, it just speaks to how young she is and how. Yeah. Yeah. And and that comes she up. She doesn't remember the mom exactly. To your to your point, like one of the main points of conflict that we have that Ben is sort of the center of is that Ben's conflict with Nick is just the line that that uh, that I want to call her Katie so bad because of Brink is the line that Angie delivers. But then what we don't get until a little bit later, and that it, we actually have to have an establishing conversation, is that Ben sits down with Angie's like. Do you even remember, Mom? Like mm. we—that's a—that's a point that, like, I frankly, I was so, so focused on like the the tension between Ben and Nick in that moment, like it was lost on me that there might actually be tension otherwhere within the family unit until that that conversation happened. Mm. But, but mo most importantly, Ben's not having it. Yeah, yeah. Ben does not want Dad dating. They established that very quick. That is why Ben's making tuna casserole because we don't need anybody. We're perfect the way we are. Yep, yeah, we're good. Ben enters the contest he says right. by the time we wake up all have won this contest because i entered it 10 million times mm -hmm. he rigged it he basically rigged it Le i mean legally the contest let him enter that many times and i just pointed that out because my my thing that really took me back in time was this scene because the dad said like go to bed don't stay up all night on the internet he's got to make some calls he's got to make some calls because they have dial-up. Yeah, Dad can't right make his do. calls. That's right. Ben's on the internet. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, but then overnight, they do pick the contest winner. With Mr. Tuttle. That's why I had that name. Mr. Mr. Tuttle's Mr. Tuttle, the name Tuttle of the they pick the contest winner, but they can't get through on the phone because Ben falls asleep connected the to the dial-up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in like just thank you for calling back to this because it's the most did either of you note the position that he's sleeping in his computer oh, chair? he's like cooked kicked back and i was like there's no shot you're sleeping like that all night you will like you will wake up and not be able to move your and maybe this is just although my age showing. he's 12 yeah. like he he's probably that's, fine that's your 30 year old body <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> i slept i, I slept in horrible positions when i was yeah. a kid and yeah. it didn't matter at all you, you know sleep like, like a little bit off like i took a nap earlier today on the couch and my arm still kind of feels weird so like, <laughs> you know it's like, that kid could sleep upside down like like a bat sprawled out with one arm under his entire back and he'd wake up and be like i'm ready to 
go. Like, <laughs> like he, my body's fine. amazing. He'd feel fine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so he wakes up and they end up going. So, so I think the crux of all of this that you mentioned, Molly, is that like people don't know that they won, even though that the contest, like the owners of the contest, they're like, he has been selected. It's great. Um, go to school. And the, the reason I was so drawn to this scene is because two words, hair gel. Holy shit. The amount of, yeah. Max, I was going to ask you a question about this specifically. Molly, there's another question for you because I don't know women's hair products. Was there all, is there like a gel or pomade oh, like oh, that yeah. for, okay. So did either of you style your hair in the, in the late nineties, early, early aughts fashion with a lot of gel? Max specifically, like if we look at both Ben and then the bu- bullies hairstyle, did you, did you, I, I'm not, I didn't think you were Spike, but did you like do the, the front, the front swoop? I, a hundred percent. Yeah. I definitely went through a like spike phase not like heart like anything amazing but i always liked that idea mm-hmm. i went through a little faux hawk phase when that was a little oh, bit later nice. um that was like mid 2000s but yeah there was gel in my hair for sure yeah uh i mean i had gel in my hair but as both of you know my hair is very thick and i didn't really understand hair care at the time so every time i would put gel in my hair it would become like this caked nest of like gross leftover gel and it was not yeah. good yeah, it that's, sound that's cute. gross have i ever have i ever told you both this i, I might have told you about this the story of like the first time i was ever stung by a bee the culprit is hair gel by the way that is why i was stung by a bee uh-huh. uh i was biking and I, you know how the helmets for a bike have the holes in the top uh-huh. right and it was this a mountain biking situation and i remember feeling something like get inside my uh, my helmet and i gelled my hair that day in your hair I had gel. gelled, yep i had gelled my hair that day and i was sweaty and it was hot and had a helmet on it so it was kind of tamped down and gross so i went in to brush it out i wanted to save this wasp's life is what i'm telling you i uh-huh. took off my helmet went in to brush it out and as i brushed it out it stung me on my middle finger and then flew away to die and i spent the rest of my day flicking people off because it was swollen there you go wow the thing I want to call out before we get to Ben finding out that they won a smart house is just to mention that there were only 8,000 entries <laughs> in the whole contest. All Ben. That they said there were 8,411 responses and that they were very happy with the amount of engagement they got. Now, Ben has established he's at least a quarter of these. So there's a contest to win a whole ass house. And only 6,000 people entered. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we, we get more likes of the, on a TikTok. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, uh, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, changed. I know the internet was new, but it's a whole ass house. I mean, like, that, it probably only cost $50,000 in 1999, but... That's true. But, like, man, I, I just... It's hard for me to imagine that they were so excited about 8,000 people entering their contest. God, if I could That's go back funny. in time and tell myself what I know now about the internet and where we're going to be, I God. Be back to the Future 2 style, just like... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I want to call out the bully, who we get... Every one of these movies has a little asshole at school. Mm-hmm. Sure. And this one's a good one because not one part of me ever was like, this bully's got a point. Like yeah, this bully right. yeah. is a real bully. He's a, he's a dick to Ben and his friends who we are led to believe are the nerds and they're the smart kids and he wants them to do his homework and stuffs the one kid in the locker. Like this is like the stereotypical bully. But what I really like about this bully is the sound effect every time he walks up. It's like a guitar strum, like, wow. 
Check it out. And it's really nice. I like I like an entry sound. I wish I had one. Like I walked in, it was just like boyoing. Like I don't know. You want yours to be the boyoing? I don't know what I want it to be. I just want some sound effect to happen. Heart music. Welcome to the room, Maximus. Like angel noise. Like I don't know. I just want something. I want the. You know what my mind to be? The original Halo One loading music. Wow, you you would want the entire Halo One soundtrack to play for you <laughs> every time. It'd be so. Molly's like, Molly's like, I want one beat of thing, and you're like, give me an, a whole orchestral arrangement. I oh, I know he's still singing. It's so good. Uh, anyway. This isn't your at bat song. This is just a quick noise. For it's when like you walk your up. entry song, bro. Just it's- entry sound effect. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> he gets one ah uh, for his yeah. sound effect. Uh, yeah, I get one sort of orchestral ah. Uh. Um, yeah, the, I do love the sound effect. Great, great. Thing. So we end up learning that Ben finds out he is the contest winner at school because other kids are like, Congratulations, man. Good job. Well done. And then, like, here's this newspaper. Swap. Like, you're yeah. on it, bro. Uh, which I just was like, well, that's, I mean, that wouldn't happen today, right? This is 99. So Ben um, is like, oh, shit. Like, we did the thing. And it immediately cuts to, immediately cuts to sort of their receipt of the smart house of Pat. Oh, hold on. Hold on. He called, I, I, I have oh, to right, add this because right. I have a question. He calls his dad. He does. On a payphone. Pay From a payphone. And this was my question. Did you all have payphones in your schools? No. No. No payphones in your schools. I definitely had a payphone in my school. I had 100%. One, I had what grade are these school? kids in? Middle school. middle school. I had them in middle school and high school. There were payphones there. I had a phone by then. Okay. I got a phone. Hmm. I got a phone my freshman year of high school. It was the Nokia brick phone that everybody had. Hashtag same. Um, I got with one snake in, on it. I think I got a phone <sighs> a in game. sixth grade, but it was one of those ones that could only call like two numbers. Like it could yeah. call like my parents and 911. And it's because I showed horses and I rode horses. And my mom was afraid that something bad would happen with a horse. And I'd be like, need to call somebody for help and be far away because there was only like one phone in the whole right barn horse stable situation so i got one of those phones in like sixth grade but um i don't think we had pay phones i know we had access to phones should you need a phone in like the admin's office or whatever yeah, there was sure. like a phone yeah. if you need you to call use the office phone. Yeah. yeah yeah we had we had pay phones but also like in case of super big emergencies you could just roll into the admin office but like we, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, i'm sure you could always use the office if you need it but i i remember distinctly having pay phones uh around the school as well which yeah. is just a funny another like funny moment in time mm-hmm. right of like well now i mean everybody's got a phone yeah. you know like and similarly molly i got i got my phone because i was freshman years when i started traveling with the marching band and so my mom was like oh you're gonna be at away games uh, if something happens, I want you to have a phone. And so that's why I got my Nokia yeah. brick phone. Um, I do, speaking of the payphone, so I like whenever I run into a payphone at Disney World because there are still some that exist. And it's just so funny to me that I'm just like, huh, look, that's that's still here. Like yep. mm-hmm. every now and again, you'll see one and you're like, wow, I wonder, I wonder who forgot that's here and hasn't taken it out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Which Imagineer is like, nah, this can stay another year or two. Yeah. So yeah, we have the the phone call to Nick. Nick is who is in disbelief, but ultimately is like, you know what? Let's go meet and figure out what's well, going on. Well, he he decides to go meet because in the newspaper, mm-hmm. some he picture wants a of bang. Sarah. He's <laughs> ETF. 
He sees a picture of Sarah and he's like, she's beautiful. Yeah. And then Ben's like, yeah, the house is nice. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you just want a whole ass house, bro. And he's like, this woman in this picture. Well, he saw he saw Jessica Steen and he he couldn't resist her. And you know who else couldn't resist her? The casting directors for Armageddon. Oh. Because she is in Armageddon. Wow. This is the shortest six degrees ever. One degree. One degree. She is an astronaut in Armageddon. And I was tickled to remember (laughs) that. Um, But you know what? It would be cheating if I just told you that. I got to bring it back around. No, 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 no. One degree is fine. Jessica Steen plays Sarah. She's also Jennifer Watts, the astronaut in Armageddon, alongside Billy Bob Thornton, mm-hmm. who, who uh, is in Armageddon. He guest starred as Dr. Oliver Loomis on a little show called The Big Bang Theory. You may have okay. all heard of that. Unfortunately. Uh, uh, you know, you may know that the the one of the main stars of The Big Bang Theory, of, of someone I'm a big fan of, Kaylee Cuoco, was uh, sure. Penny. Yeah. The Big Bang Theory. But when I first met Kaylee Cuoco, she was on a little sitcom called Eight Simple Rules. Mm -hmm. For dating my teenage daughter. For dating my teenage daughter. And her mom in that show was Katie Seagal, who plays our friendly neighborhood AI, Pat, in Smart House. How about that? Would you look at that? Made it back around. I'm so glad we got Six Degrees of Armageddon out of the way. It wouldn't be a podcast. Could have just been one degree of Armageddon. Could have been one degree of Armageddon, but, you know, I I appreciate you challenged yourself. You've been Armageddoned. The part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. So, Nick. And Sarah meet. <laughs> you like that? Just jump straight into chemistry. it. And there's a meeting. Nick is smooth. He is. Nick is he a is. smooth he operator. Is. Like when he met Sarah after they had like a brief interaction, he's like, call me Nick. And I was like, the way he said that in his brain, he's like, call me Nick. And why don't you just, you know, let's just, let's just go ahead and get on. Well, more let's like, go ahead and get it on. Call maybe. me Nick or daddy. Please. <laughs> it was like <laughs> scream Nick. Yeah, yeah. you're going to be screaming that My name My kids call me daddy, and you can too, is I, what that he, sounds like. Yeah. He's only going to get more smooth, though. Yeah, yeah. oh, I agree, oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. He only goes up, but we start seeing the functions of the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they go into the living room, and the living room can, like, become a TV. Like, the walls can basically become a TV. Wait, wait, wait. A shelf disappears. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, so that the living true. room looks like a living room at first. And then Sarah's like, hey, Pat, can you like take us on an adventure? And then all the walls become a safari and the shelves disappear. Yeah, it's a magic house. <laughs> Are we going to talk about how they prick blood from Katie and know her entire medical history? Yes. Because Not Katie, Angie. Yep. And know her entire medical history because... Well, that's creepy. I mean, they even say like, well, that seems, uh, is that? It's a little bit like big brother. Is that, is that kosher? Seems a little creepy. I can feel the mist when they're at the beach. What? Like, is this Soren? Are they, do they just like, (laughs) did the Imagineers come in and be like, then Soren technology. I I think the Imagineers Uh, and the creators of big hero six watch this movie. For sure. Nice. (laughs) Also like my, I hated that. She was like, Pat, I want a smoothie. And we get like no sound of a blender going. No nothing. We just get. Well, okay. Kitchen Pat is elite. 
kitchen pat is the pat I want in my house. Oh, it's for the sure. one in the kitchen that you can say, I'm hungry, I want this food, and that food appears. But man, the chokehold that smoothies have on this like seven-year-old <laughs> every They love smoothies. A banana orange smoothie. But what was <laughs> cracking me up about the smoothie situation is there's a there's a TikTok trend right now that that really exemplifies what I'm talking about. You go into someone's house and you're like, hey, do you want something to drink? And you're like, yeah, I'll have a vanilla milkshake. And it's like, you can't go into someone's house and ask them to make you a milkshake. That's oh, how yeah. I felt about this. It's like, uh, yes, Pat can make you a smoothie, but it's just like, I'm thirsty. Can I have something to drink? And instead of being like, can I have a water? Can I have a like a juice or something? She's like, bitch, make me a smoothie. Right. <laughs> and like, Pat can. But it was just funny to me that like, that's not... Of all things, that's how you get when you're thirsty. Like you get right. like, yeah, a glass of water, and like it's, it, was, it was just bold to initially ask for a smoothie. It's sort of interesting to think about this tech, right? So the Doc Ock arm feels just out of fantasy. Then you've got big screen. I mean, we have big screens, right? Lots of houses, big screens now. When you project yourself forward 23 years, there you can buy a screen as big as your freaking wall. That's not that or a, very doable. Or a projector. Or a projector, pro right? Yeah, project. Very easy, very easy. Yeah. I think that um, Pat's kitchen ability has been replaced by um, DoorDash. Uh, I think what we have now is Agreed. delivery. I, I, you know, I, at the, I can ask my phone for a smoothie, and in about 15 to 20 minutes, I'll have one at my door. <laughs> That's, That's true. And I don't have a, a, a Hey Google or an Alexa or anything, mostly because of this film. But can't you sync it up to DoorDash or Uber yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could you just can. say, hey. Order me order a whatever. Yeah. That, I do have uh, some Google Nest products, um, which I won't uh, say certain uh, phrases because mine will turn on and off right now. But having a Google Nest was probably the thing that gave me the most pause of this movie because some mornings I wake up and I say, turn on the lights and it can't figure out how to do that. So the idea of 23 <laughs> years ago, it being able to do all the things it can do is just really wildly unrealistic because mine is like, what do you mean? Turn on your fish's light. <laughs> I, I don't understand right now. Is that now. new? Is that, is <laughs> that, is <laughs> new words you're uh, saying, Max? It's like, you know what? You do this every day. Uh, what's the problem? <laughs> Speaking of ridiculous things, the house can do. Angie immediately drops her smoothie and uh, then Pat sucks it into the floor. The I absorption force. I want these so bad. And Listen. I want to, yeah, I, I, I want to make sure we make note of that because I think we're coming back to that in a few minutes. Oh, 100%. I have some stuff to say. Oh, Feels real right now. Yeah. Yes. Just give us a second. When the smoothie gets dropped, I can accept what happens oh, in front of sure. my eyes. For sure. <laughs> Put a pin in that for later. Let's go. Yep. yep. Let's just that. remember that. She drops the smoothie. Pat sucks it up into her floor absorbers. We, we, we stick that in the wall. You know what else we're going to be coming back to shortly? Uh, this podcast, because I have to run to the restroom really quickly. <laughs> so I'll be right back. <laughs> Here's your pee break. <laughs> that would have been a good, if we had advertisers, that would have been a good ad break moment right there. While Alan relieves his apparently tiny bladder, your old pal here to remind you that election day is November 8th, your taxes are due on April 15th, and since I'm full of such great advice, it's not too late to become a Patreon patron. By visiting patreon.com slash mammothclub and joining, you'll get access to special bonus episodes of this podcast, special trip planning with Molly, Mammoth Mail, and maybe Alan will do your taxes? It's like playing three truths and a lie. Figure it out for yourself what's real. Anyways, patreon.com slash mammothclub. And now back to Smart Women Foolish Choices. 
Uh, okay, so we are going to come back to the smoothie uh, or the floor absorber situation later because, boy, does it get just unhinged later on yeah. down the road. Ultimately, after some hesitation, Nick accepts the house. Yeah. Sarah's like, great, dope, move in. And then they're just in. I don't remember what comes first. Nick talking to Sarah or Angie on the bed. I think we have Angie on the bed first because we get... And I, I know what both moments are. And, oh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on, on Nick talking to Sarah. But and, so Angie's jumping on the bed to Bewitched. There's a lot to be said about Bewitched. Let's do yeah, it. I need, to, I need to pause at Bewitched. All right, you got it. We got, we got to stop there. This, this sticks out to me as a moment where there's a lot, like DCOMs often went hard with like musical partnerships. And what I thought about in this moment, and Molly and I, uh, I wonder if we are on the same wavelength. What I thought about in this moment was the live in concert series. Oh my God, I have that Wikipedia page pulled up right now. Oh, oh good. Okay, perfect. So there, <laughs> I immediately thought about, they used to do in concert, like live concerts at Disney parks. And uh, they did one for Bewitched in Five. Yeah. In 1999, a combined concert for the, the two musical artists that will appear in this movie. I hate to um actually you, but it was in 1998. Or not, sorry. Yeah. Oh, really? 98? Yeah, I thought it was I read the, it, 99. I, it, Wikipedia says it came out in December of 1998. Okay, maybe they did it in, but, so they could put it in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, Disney used to go really hard on certain musical artists, and this is a good synergy moment, because it definitely mm -hmm. was on Disney Channel in concert, and then it was in this movie... And then I remember seeing those music videos all the time. All the time. But did you... Okay, so you said, Molly, you said you had the Wikipedia page, Paul. The, the Bewitched in 5 thing is not the most interesting thing on that Wikipedia page. The most interesting thing on this page is that allegedly... Disney in concert is a series, all right? There were a bunch of concerts, but one of the concerts was in sync. That's how I got introduced to NSYNC. And allegedly, you are not the only one, Molly. They say that the Disney in concert in sync is how in sync got introduced to the American audience, period. Huh. And that when their album debuted, it debuted at like 82 on the Billboard charts. And after it, they had this performance on Disney in concert, it went to nine. Whoa. That like they specifically say that like the Disney in concert of in sync is what catapulted them to american fame that they had a lot of support in europe but that that concert that was replayed over and over and over again on disney channel is what led to them being massive in america and you know what i believe it because not only as i just said did i watch that concert and think oh hell yeah i need this sweet album i memorized and still know the dance moves from that concert oh. two songs like i want you back so I believe it. I loved it. And I, yeah, I looked it up. The next band after NSYNC was Cleopatra. I don't know, remember if, mm. or I don't know if any of y'all remember them, but I had their album too. But then, hmm. yeah, then we had Bewitched in Five. But yeah, Katie's jumping on the bed, bed with the music video for Say La Vie going on in the background. Mm -hmm. And then Ryan, Ben, comes in and is like, <laughs> Excuse me, annoying spice. I loved this. Oh, yeah. yeah. What a 90s slam. Just Excuse <laughs> me, annoying spice. Correct. Got um. Like, wow. So he's like, Pat, turn the movie off. This music must be rotting your brain. And this is when we're introduced to, to the conflict between Ben and Angie. Because this is when Angie's like, you know, dad likes Sarah. And I'm like, 
for all of Angie's, she's intuitive. We are calling this girl both these names yep. interchangeably, by the yep. way. Yep. Like, she's like, and her, she, her, Angie Katie, whatever her name, her name is. Her name is Katie. The actress is named Katie. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But she was also Katie she's in Katie Brink. Brink. Yeah. And now her name is Angie, and we're calling her both names. This so. is the problem with community theater. I don't know which character you are. When we get to Luck of the Irish, I'll be equally confused. <laughs> so we have Angie being incredibly intuitive, like, hey, dad like Sarah. And Ben is like, we don't need mom. Nobody can replace mom. You don't even remember her. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, he gets hairpin trigger. Real quick. He, like, he, like most people in DCOMs and the world, needs to go to therapy. This is very clearly a kid who had something horribly traumatic happen in life. And he's not dealt with that at all. I, the fact that it's like, it is a. It is hairpin. He just flips that switch super fast and eventually like shuts down Angie yeah, and goes that, off to bed. That's why I work so hard to win this house. That's why I never go out for the basketball teams cause so I can take care of the house after school. I want to make sure it's clear we don't need a new mom. I thought it was interesting the way he shut her down because it felt very sibling, but also it was very polite in his like slamming of her. What I mean by that is obviously he's being rude, but whereas other kids in, in movies or, or TV shows might be like, shut up. You're being stupid. Like, 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 you know what? You're an idiot, whatever. He was like, you're being ignorant. You just need to think more before you speak. And I was like, what an interesting like <laughs> way to write this kid slamming his sister. That's a little Var Burton inclusion kid. right there. I that's... need you to be more thoughtful before you say words. <laughs> like, words have like, meaning and they hurt other people. Yeah. Oh, it's like my 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 grandfather's favorite turn of phrase, which is like better to be quiet and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. That is like that is Ben's way of coming grandpa up. wisdom. No, that's, that's that's true. I've got two grandpa catchphrases. One from both one, either side of the family. My mom's father is better to be quiet and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. And my dad's father is better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Both good pieces of advice. That's true. Yeah, put those on t-shirts. So we get the we get the shutdown with Ben and Angie, and then it cuts to pretty pretty abruptly. It cuts to Nick and Sarah actually having their conversation, where we're getting a, a really sort of awkward. Yeah, I don't know. We're getting an awkward breakdown of like Sarah's dating history. <laughs> <laughs> where she like dates a criminal That's true. like it i i took that and i was like Ugh. but n this is when again nick just gets smoother because he just he just pivots that conversation to like but you're not looking for that anymore right are you like but you're still open and available you know the things could turn out well and i'm like bro this ultimately leads to i mean he has a great line for getting her number right yep. she's leaving and he's like Hey, I mean, in case something goes wrong with the house, maybe I should have you. And I was like, very slick. But also, you just got a whole house with all new technology. Did you really not already have her number? Like, <laughs> I is there a customer support number you've got for this well, house? May, because it maybe, feels like things might go wrong. Yeah, it's Sarah's number. Maybe <laughs> Miles called her, called them before. Maybe. Oh, maybe the publicist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very likely. Um, but yes, yeah, smooth as hell. Smooth. Oh, I mean, very. I mean, silk. Oh, dude. It's like, I was impressed the whole way through. But and it pays off because we get the look back. The classic, like, rom-com uh, look yeah, back as Sarah's look getting back. into her convertible. She's like, oh, my, he's still there. Is he still watching? And Nick, hey. And he uh, was. He was. still watching. He was. Hate to see you go, but love to watch you leave. Hey. That's right. Uh, and then we get the sort of start to the next day is when they begin having to interact with Pat as their new home and the sort of AI way... It, 
kind of more organically, right? So that's the start to the next day. And I think it kicks off with everybody getting their own custom wake-up call. This right? is, like, this is one wall. of the things burned into my brain from this movie. Yeah. 100%. Pat, 100%. Pat wakes you up by basically turning, again, that same technology of turning the walls into screens, and it's custom to something you'd like. So for... Uh, ben, it's like the final buzzer of a big basketball game. For Katie, it's a concert by Mickey Mouse, which actually was a Disney Channel in concert. That's what I was going to say. That's yeah. specifically another Disney in concert. Yeah. It was the Young Musicians Symphony at the Hollywood Bowl. Fun fact. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mickey's conducting orchestra. And then for Dad, it's like a rooster, a rooster. and a farm. <laughs> and he calls it the Green Acres routine. And she's like, well, Nick... Your senses show that you like the calm morning on a farm. But it's pretty good, Pat, Molly. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I have a very important question. What would your alarm clock be? If you lived Mm. in a smart house, what would Pat wake you up with? Ooh, it's a good question. Alan, do you have a do you have a go to answer here? Yeah, uh, Finale of Fant. Mm. Oh, interesting. Finale of Fantasmic. Mickey on the top of, Sorcerer Mickey on the top of the mountain with the fireworks going on. Some imagination, huh? Some imagination, huh? That's good. That's a good answer. I have a Bruno Mars song as my alarm right now. Love Bruno Mars. But my problem with it is that like, now I kind of don't love Bruno Mars. Or at least that song. Because it's the way I wake up every day, right? And now when I hear it, I'm like, I gotta fucking wake up, right? I think that if I had Pat, what I would want is a different alarm. I agree. Every day. Yeah. Or like, you know, mix it up. I want, I, I, I think the finale fans great. I want Tennessee touchdown in the Georgia game that won the game, right? Where everybody pops off. I want people singing rock top. I want... Uh, a big League of Legends world final play. Ooh. I want like I want like a list of things and Pat bops are like a Bruno Mars concert. You know what I mean? Like mix it up. I don't want to be woken up the same way every day because why should I need to? You know everything about me from taking my blood one time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Including my likes and dislikes. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something similar to Max. First of all, let me just say that my roommate in college her alarm clock was Circus by Britney Spears. And to this day, I cannot stand that song. All eyes Wait on me in Wait the center minute. of the ring, just like a circus. I want to I pause for a second. You, can, you can't stand Circus because your roommate in your college program played Circus every morning. Uh-huh. Interesting. So I can name for you, in order, the songs that Molly has played on her alarm clock for the last... 10 years. <laughs> they are unlistenable to me anymore. I can't yeah. do it. And it started with Bad by Michael Jackson. Because I'm bad. And I was like, what God great, damn it. It's so a good alarm clock. <laughs> it's a good, that's a good alarm clock. We then went it, to, it sucks to ruin it though. Yeah. Not for me. Like at least that's I'm fair. thinking, like I know that minor attraction sounds like, cause it's like, but it's like the Tiki Room. You already didn't want to hear that. You're, you also have Steamboat Willie, which makes me want to die. I Ooh, do. God, that's yeah. rough. But again, those are sounds that are like intended to be jarring and get you up. Like you're not actively seeking that out. Alan, I would don't love give to me listen this to science. 
Yeah, how dare I spit facts? I also had illuminations for a while. I love illuminations. I also had illuminations for a but while. I had illuminations at the end of my college program when I was like, I went home for six months and I made illuminations my alarm clock, which was like a nice idea, but I just missed it. And I woke up sad every day. Oh my, I was yep. like, I'd like wake up and be like, but I'm not uh, there. Like, <laughs> I interrupted you. I'm sorry, Molly. What I, would you I be? also in my current life have oh. uh, guns and ships. Oh and, yeah. yeah. And? Actually, I know that because I've heard that alarm go off. That's true. You know, you know what else you have? What? You have the remix to, um, uh, you have, it was on Stranger Things, help me. It's not a remix, it is Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, which is funny because that is what it takes for Max to wake up from the nightmare of Vecna. She hears a song that she likes, so I actually set that one specifically for when Stranger Things Season 5 Part 2 was coming out, and it was dropping at 3 a.m. my time. I went to bed and I wanted to get up and watch it right at 3 a.m. So all the alarms, because I'm one of those annoying assholes that has to set like six alarms for same. like right around the same time, like same. six minutes apart. Uh, I set all of them as songs from Stranger Things. And the, the last one was running up that hill. And all of them said, you know, how you can write yourself a little note. It was like, get up or Vecna's going to get you. Like I like wrote funny. little notes to myself. Mm. Yeah, you do. You do set a lot. I have alarm. five alarms and they're two minutes apart. Yep, I, I am equally annoying. I have two alarms. One yeah. is like, hey, it's almost time. And you the also second have is, pirates. Yeah, yo-ho, yo-ho, pirates life for me because it is jarring. You are like, oh, that is I've, I have woken up to your alarm going off with that before. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard that go off from across the, the it house. Is, it is Tiki Room, yeah. which is meant to jar me into knowing that I only have an app and Pirates of the Caribbean to let me know that like I got to get up. Um, yeah. So w what would your wall be? Okay. Similar to Max, I would have a variety of scenes and things from my life that w I would enjoy. So again, I'd like the Clemson football players running down the hill um, into the Clemson stadium. I would like running up that hill from uh, stranger things that scene that scene so powerful. What a powerful way to wake up. That's really an emotionally jarring scene. I would like um, the jaws theme song and wake up with the shark eating someone. <laughs> Jesus. I would like... Can we sleep in different places? <laughs> I used to fall asleep watching Jaws. It's a comfort film. I would like the... Uh -huh. I think some Harry Potter. I don't know what off the top of my head, but I'd love the Harry Potter score. Harry um, Potter. I would like... Maybe Moira Rose waking me up somehow. Mm. Like I feel like she could have she could have something nice to say to mm -hmm. wake me up. So yeah, it would be a, a hodgepodge as well. Yeah. yeah, I think it needs to move around. I mean, why have it if not to do that? You oh, know? for sure, Make seasonality too. Maybe it, right? it would be the Disney Channel on concert within sync one morning, and I'll wake there you up feeling nostalgic. You, yeah, you would there be you engaging the choreo. Yeah, so I think ultimately they are introduced to Pat in the morning. They're waking up. They are going about their day, and ultimately you have been and. Angie going to school with a lunch packed by Pat. Can I say though, real quick, we don't have to dwell on this. The other technology we see from Pat that I want still to this very day, I, I saw it here. I saw it in Clueless, but damn, do I want something to pick my clothes out for me? Like oh. Angie can't remember what she wanted. She forgot to lay her clothes out the night before. And Pat's like, don't worry. I laid them out for you. And like, she says something crazy, like based on the rhythms of your movement yeah, and your, this is what you would have picked out. Like, Whoa, Pat, that's impossible to know. But I would like an interactive closet that would just be like, here's an outfit. That would be nice. It like assesses your picks and then provides you one based on what you, you normally wear. Yeah, I think that's pretty dope. Uh, so they end up getting to school. 
And the, the only real takeaways that I had from this montage were one, Ben had Pat do the bully's homework. So way to be smart. Good thing in there, Ben. Two, one of the nerds puts himself in the locker so the bully doesn't have to stuff him in. Sure. Three, we are introduced to Gwyn. Gwyn and Ben, so we have rhyming names for the romantic interest, which I hate. Love it. Who is the goddess of the eighth grade, quote unquote. This all happens when they are at school. You mentioned that Pat packed them their lunches. Where the fuck does this food come from? Yeah. Like Who I had the, the I had the same thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does it get how do they get food there? Like I know later they say like Pat the is stocked arm. with enough food to last for a month. Yeah. A month. But who stocks that food? Where is that food? And how does it last a month? Yeah. Is it all non-perishable? No, because Pat made Angie mac and cheese. And an orange banana smoothie with enough oranges to just, I mean, that's the Oh my that's God, there are so many oranges. Yeah. Well, uh, she, but I just want to, I want to know logistically where that food I came agree. from. I think, all right, I'm going to nerd for just a second here. I think if we have an AI that has established that it, it is smart enough to do all this, I guarantee it just has an order that it automates and sends out that's to. possibly true. Sends out to different locations. And then like deducts the funds from Nick's account. Yeah, she created Instacart. Yeah, Pat well, is Instacart. Confirmed. Pat, Pat also created work from home because you see Nick at she home. She sure did. And mm -hmm. uh, Pat's like, this is better than the office because I can like take care of everything you'd ever need. You'll never have to go to the office again. Yeah, uh, she, all of the arguments we're hearing right now for work from home, Pat says in 1999, she's like, you don't have to deal with a commute. You'll save time in your personal day. You'll be here for when the kids get home and have more time with your family. You're more productive when you're at home without the distractions of the office. And I'm like, yeah, that's all the things that are in conversation right now. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. Pat nailed it. Yeah. I think this is just like, this is intended to sort of set up the progress of that Pat is having and the impact Pat is having immediately on these individuals' lives. And it is all kind of thrown for a loop when Angie requests the most disgusting smoothie combination I have ever, ever heard, a banana orange smoothie. I would malfunction too. Like, no. Absolutely it had to not. have started, that, that scene, it had to have started strawberry banana. And then they realized like, Oranges look more ridiculous and are are better for like throwing around like they, they yeah. seem more dangerous, right? It had to have started. She orders a strawberry banana smoothie and then they went strawberries aren't good on camera, yeah. right? Like it doesn't have the impact of like hurling oranges across the room. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I, I wrote that's what you get for ordering such a gross. <laughs> so also, if it's like a here's my problem, just throw bananas around. Sure. Like, if you're going to have oranges, yeah. like, the solution is just know. put a banana out there. To, to Max's point, an orange is round. It, it throws, like, a softball. Like, Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, listen. Probably easier to, like, literally just get a softball launcher for the effect, right? Like, it's... Yeah. But I, all I could think of was, like, it's been one day, and you had a catastrophic failure that yep. could have killed someone. Like, it's been... 
24 hours and there is a catastrophic failure of this house i think this entire movie is an allegory for the dangers of relying on technology oh for sure it is Uh for sure although at the end of the movie i mean spoiler we'll get there but like the the moral of the story is not move out of the house. No, it's just yeah. The, the, house. Mor- the moral of the story is not leave. We made a mistake. It's just no. We'll stay here. Like I, they they don't change anything. The moral of the story is every like I, because I agree with you, but I want to go one step further. The moral of the story, and we'll get to this later, is just every IT support help desk's first line of solutioning for your for your issues, which is turn it off, then turn it back on again. That's did true. You, that's literally the solution. In it? In it. Like that, <laughs> did you try blowing in it? Uh, speaking yeah. of, would you try blowing in it? Sarah and comes over to help Nick out solve <laughs> and solve the issue with the house. And I, so they have like a really nice conversation. You see Sarah and Nick interacting. Sarah is very clearly incredibly smart, obviously having built Pat and this house. And I just wrote in big capital letters because Ben kind of busts into this situation Ben is just an enormous cock block. Mm. Yes. He is. That's true. Like, I get it. It's, it's his trauma. From, it's his trauma. It's coming from a place of trauma. But in that moment, I was like, bro, give your dad a shot, my guy. Like, yeah. come on. He's spitting game I mean, he's out here. Purpose, he's purposefully being a, a giant yes. cock block, right? Yes. Like, he's, it's working as intended. Absolutely. Did you guys write down sort of like the, does Pat know everything we're doing at all times? Like, no, no, no. It's not following you into the bathroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he says, does she follow me in the shower? I, I changed that line. In my script... <laughs> Tell me does more. Pat follow me? In my, in my script, it says, is, if Pat is always tracking us, does she see me when I jerk it? Is what my script said. I, I don't know... I don't know what your version of the script said, but my version of the script said, does she see me when I jerk it? Imagine what the wall would be coming off of the day, coming off the 13th year. Yeah. That's that's what it says here in my script is. uh, Yeah. There there are things worse that I wouldn't want Pat watching than showering. Yeah. I'd, I'd much rather have Pat see. Well, I'm suggesting it happens in the shower, Molly. I I don't know. You know, I'm suggesting those are one and the same because he asks about the shower but what he's really worried about my favorite thing is that she he's like this is the safe space for the jerk i'm in right. tears yeah oh. my my favorite thing is that she responds by saying no of course there's no invasion of privacy and i'm like can we go back to exhibit a where you pricked angie and now know literally every detail about her life her including her history. likes and dislikes the clothes that oh. she would wear uh, her entire medical history every, i mean all of the things uh, i'm pretty oh. sure there is an invasion of privacy here i gotta oh, be honest my god dude jesus that came out of nowhere but it's so accurate max holy shit oh but then we see sarah working on pat yeah. in the big control room that looks yeah. like the how or looks like the room in spaceship earth when you go through the like science laboratory uh and i just was amazed at how many buttons and knobs and <laughs> how big the room was because like alexa's like tiny but mm. Pat is massive. I think this sets up sort of the next series of scenes, right? Seeing Sarah in the control room, we get Nick going to talk with Angie for a bit to tuck her into bed, where Angie drops some straight knowledge. Here's what I'm getting. Angie is Angie is key. 
for moving plot forward because she is the only person in this film who is willing to talk about the conflict. And she does so openly with all the characters. That's so true. In sort of like a, in a change of pace, we actually have, well, not actually a change of pace. From the 13th year, we had that with, with Jess, right? And now a, a child character moving the plot forward. Now we have it with Angie. Hmm. Angie informs Nick that there is, hey, this is what's bothering Ben. He said these things to me. And you see Nick process. And that does pay off later. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to Ben sleuthing. And being a sneaky boy. Because his goal is very clear. He's like, you know what, Dad? Nick, I think that you'll see that by next week, Pat will be the best mom on the block. Okay. Ben wakes up in the middle of the night and goes in to try to hack into Pat's mainframe. And if you think that Pat wouldn't say some shit about that in the moment. Pat is aware of everything that is happening in that house. And the fact that she doesn't say some shit to Ben as he is un... He's taking a, a screwdriver and unscrewing control panels to get inside to the main control room. That is bananas to me. That Ben is just able to waltz in there after we've seen all this stuff go down. That's true. I, I actually didn't think about that. I was more focused on how convenient it was that there was a mammothon on TV that night. No, he recorded it on his VHS. I, I was making note that in every single one of these decoms, the kid can hack. Oh, oh hell yeah. Has to. <laughs> There's a kid hell hacker yeah. in every single one of these that's like, could work for the FBI. It's very funny because they, they do a lot of work to establish Sarah as a very smart woman. They talk about smart women, foolish choices. They talk about how she's so brilliant that she came up with this house. They talk about how, you know, maybe that Ben then later talks about how smart she is and how smart people come into conflict with one another. And you know how smart Sarah is? She's about as smart as this 12 year old boy <laughs> who can run her entire computer system having never seen it before. Not only, I mean, it, it is unbelievable Ugh. how they just cut the legs out from under them in that moment. It's, I hate well, it. Well, she's a woman. And uh, right. If we were to look at a much needed male perspective, <laughs> we would know that the smartest woman doesn't come close to the average 13 year old boy. That's true. Oh my That's God. True. Based on the male's opinion, in this instance, Ben, he gives Pat some incredibly sexist programming. <laughs> he does. That's true. <laughs> like, it is wildly From sexist. From the male perspective, indeed. He's like, oh, nice. 50s housewife? Load it up. Yeah. You know what I need? Donna Reed. <laughs> like, if you watched June Cleaver, let's go. Oh, God, it's so bad. Effectively just has Pat memorize these protocols to be a 50s housewife, which comes into effect the following day where Pat is taking on... If you actually notice, and I just now put this together as I was sort of replaying the scenes in my head, her robot voice takes on different tone qualities throughout the, the film to kind of show it. Oh, it, for sure. That, ba, da, da, da. She's mom. She has a mom. mom she mom's up. Voice. Yep. She, yep. It immediately sort of like takes on this very matronly role in, in the house. Like go back and finish brushing your teeth. Which is just, obviously it doesn't go unnoticed. Ben's happy. Everybody else is a little bit off put. I would be in the off put camp at this point for such a drastic change overnight to a AI program that just shot oranges at me, right? Mm. That would be that would be a pretty big pretty big swap. This is just too much for a child to have done. Like that's my biggest my biggest issue with all this. Like he's 13. No shot. No shot he makes this happen. He's as smart as one of the smartest women on earth. It all adds up. 
luckily we have uh, this payoff for Ben a little bit later when, uh, you know, unfortunately due to his, his work, unfortunately, even though he has made Pat into the perfect fifties mom, Nick still is attracted to Sarah um, because she's a physical being and they can have sex, but uh, he decides <laughs> to go on a date with her and that leaves the kids home alone. Pat has some fun planned. Oh, did you catch the researching fun? Yeah, the the MTV logo that instead said MPC <laughs> Music Party Channel. Yep, Music Party <laughs> I, Channel. I just I just wrote down that a parent googling young people dancing is like peak parent. So That's Pat, true. Pat, has how the do mom teenagers routine. fun? <laughs> Pat has the mom routine down. Yeah. Uh. But also, I do want to point out where I think I'm sure we're going to come back to the date. But like Sarah would be a good mom. Oh, yeah, for sure. She's she and Nick are talking, I think, before the date or right when they go on the date or something. And he's kind of like, oh, yeah. And Ben's like having some issues with me going out on a date with you because Ben's like blatantly rude to Sarah several times Mm -hmm. um, throughout the thing. And she instead of being like, yeah, what a little shit, which is probably what I would do. She's like, oh, what a tough age. Like. 13 so hard because you're not really a kid but you're not yet an adult like she's just so like empathetic and understanding of this kid's plight yeah. without even really like knowing the kid very well or even needing to be because this kid's been nothing to but rude to her for the last yeah. scenes but i just wrote down like oh she'd be like a great a great mom my main thing about the date because we don't get a lot of it most of the focus is of course on the kids but nick takes sarah out they have drinks they have dinner they talk about how they're going to different places and then they're like and now dessert and Mm. she says somewhere with chocolate and he reaches in and he gets pocket candy out. Ooh, and I, I don't it. love pocket candy. <laughs> yeah, I have I love, to be honest. I love <laughs> how freaking smooth that was. It was very smooth. It was very smooth cringy. How long has that pocket candy been I, in there? No, I think uh, he put it in there for the date and trying to kiss her. Do you think that's his go-to line? He just has the Hershey's kiss on him. Yeah, it's like, I you think want it chocolate? Was like, Here's a kiss. It was like oh. a give me a kiss kind of swag mm. i i personally thought about it as like that's been there since the last time he wore that jacket you know like, <laughs> no, i think he did that, that pocket candy's been there for a I, minute i think you know? he plotted that i think he is smooth as hell and i also when she was like wow well one place for drinks another for dinner and he was like yeah now a third place for dessert i was like oh yeah no oh, yeah boom boom, boom. Bum, 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 I was like, bum. Pat set the mood. Like, can you imagine though? We don't get to see this, but can you imagine Pat setting up like a sexy room? Oh my god! <laughs> like, if you told Pat, <laughs> Nick, according to your personality, we have seen that you like to have sex to see Bat. <laughs> it's just like that careless whisper playing, and like she's lit, some, she's lit some candles. Yeah. <laughs> she's lit some candles, and like, would you like me to record? <laughs> <laughs> no, Not Pat. This time, yes. Pat. <laughs> no invasion of privacy, Pat. <laughs> this isn't the shower, Nick. Based on Nick, your, we could based, have five angles. <laughs> based, based on your search history, Nick, you like when people call you daddy. Like, <laughs> oh, God. God. <laughs> oh, my God. I hadn't even thought of uh, <laughs> Oh, God. 
Rather than that nightmare scenario, what we get instead is another nightmare scenario, which is a bunch of 12-year-olds throwing a house party. I, I do agree. Parties in middle school are a nightmare <laughs> scenario. <laughs> I agree. It's <laughs> terrible. It's so here, There was so much cringe that happened in such a short period of time. I, I have to bring up my favorite part, and I have to ask you two a question as a follow-up. Yeah. Uh-huh. So initially, just... Uh, Ben's two besties come over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Pat's like, I arranged a party for you because you said you wanted to have a little fun. So, like, I sent a flyer out to the school, right? But From two- Ben's email list, which is clearly <laughs> quite full of yeah, every he, kid. He has the Rolodex. That's right. Um, but before the rest of the kids come over, Pat's setting the mood for the party and she puts on the TV or on the wall five, the band, five IVE is how it's spelled, the number five. Five five. And she um, plays Slam Dunk to Funk. The I think she puts up the concert series, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the boys do the dance choreography. Sure. And I gotta know. Did you guys do that? Cause I, I know we did. Girls at a slumber party very often uh-huh. watched concerts or music videos and tried to learn the choreography. Uh-huh. I can, in my experience, mm-hmm. did teenage boys do that? I never learned choreo. Cannot say I've ever done that. I, I, uh, I did like that when this started. They like, they're like waiting to come in, and I liked watching Ryan Merriman go. Five, six, seven, eight, and then <laughs> and then go into the. You can read his mouth as he like he counts them in onto the dance. It's right right when they start walking. You can watch his mouth go five, six, seven, eight, and kick one. Hit it! Hit it! Hit it! Slam! Dump the funk! Hit it! Put it up! Everybody get down! Yeah! Everybody get funky! I like that. I like that you just told me that. I, I kind of want to go back and watch it. But what I like is when they're done, they all high five each other. Like, yeah, bro, we fucking crushed that choreo. <laughs> and, and I just like was like, did boys do that? No. Okay. At least not in my experience. So this leads to the house party occurring. We've got everybody over. It is a classic, I guess. And they do refer party. to it as kick butt videos yeah i also liked when he was like turn on some kick butt videos for us <laughs> uh, I, the the main crux of this entire there there are two key things that occur during the the party one well i'm gonna say three one Andrea is the bouncer great hilarious choice she's a great bouncer she's a by great the way bouncer. she's the first little sibling that didn't annoy me which is funny because she was awful in Brink. Yeah. Right. Terrible. Like she was very annoying in Brink. And like now she's, she's quite enjoyable. She's funny yeah. now. Yeah. So love her as the uh, as the bouncer. Two, we get to see Gwen and Ben continue their romance. And Ben is showing off the house. And they go into the kitchen. And he's like, oh, did you want Pat to get you some snacks? And she yes. goes, can, can she do dessert? I have a craving for something sweet. And Ben goes besides me and i was like damn you inherited your dad's swagger like, like that yeah. Is yeah but but line. then he but then he double he, he like he double guesses himself and, and he's he goes, like i'm just i'm kidding. just kidding i know I'm just kidding. he should have stuck with it but like to be, held it. to be 13 and to be a 13 year old nerd and to have mm. the, the brave balls yeah, to deliver to that, line. that yeah. i was like your dad taught you something kid yeah, he just needed right. to stick the landing he just had to stick the landing yeah he, he can't so walk close. it back he was so yeah. close uh the third that we get is we get 
the bully scene. Wow. Which in today's day would be a lawsuit. Yep. For sure. Although I don't know how one files a lawsuit against a house. But <laughs> well, it's your property. <laughs> yeah, I guess so it would be Nick Wait, who's you getting the shaft. you think that Ryan the bully would sue Pat? For sure. I think that his family would sue their family. For a thousand percent. Sure. For what? For like physical endangerment and like pushing him out and shocking a lightning bolt coming down on the, <laughs> the entire the floor, like a dock ock arm grabbing him and throwing him outside. Like, yeah, I think that's assault. I did, I did write, <laughs> is Pat gonna murder him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right, is this right. a murder house? It, it might be. But like, it is later. <laughs> he sucks. So I, I agree with you. I'm just saying that if that happens today, that kid's parents sue. Ben hundred probably a hundred but luckily pat would probably have the whole thing on video and she could be like look your kid's a little dick i love the lightning effect i it forgot is, it was a great it's lightning good. effect it's, so yeah. it's like how could pat start lightning well she's an electric i also like the vr skull that flies at it like <laughs> all of these things that pat does in this moment we've never seen before like you can just make hologram skulls fly around. Like, well, very you know, cool. She can make holograms. It's establishing that's, that's true. We do learn that later. Yep. So I have, that's a terrifying prospect. Anyway, we see after all this occurs, Angie runs in and is like, hey, Ben, it is 1028. And Ben goes, thanks for the time. How about you tell me the weather? And Angie goes, no, you dipshit. Dad said he'd be home at 1030. Uh, You're still mid-party. Can I just say that she interrupts the whitest soul train of all time? <laughs> you are so correct. Like, oh. the caucasity of these children. <laughs> the caucasity. The caucasity. <laughs> like, there's, first of all, there's one black kid there, and he's 19. I kept watching him. <laughs> yeah, he's, that's he, right. He's so way older than any other kid at the party. Mm -hmm. And, like... But these kids are so bad at dancing. And they're all... Well, when they don't have five choreography to go with, yeah, what are they supposed to do? Painfully. It's yeah. not good. It's like not Gwen good. Like, dances with her cardigan, which is just Ooh. everything I need to say to sum this up. But Yeah. So yes. after the bad soul train, yeah. Angie's like, hey, dad's about to be home. You got to end the party. And we, we just see the kids sprint out. It is just a mad rush to get out of the house. This is when I want to bring up a goof that I found particularly funny from IMDb. There is a character who is filmed running at... So they clearly filmed this scene in multiple cuts, right? There's multiple sure. cuts of kids evacuating. They used the same cut of the same kid at least three times because mm, they run out of classic. the house in the same outfit at least twice. Nice. <laughs> They're fucking hauling it out of there. Like you see him... One scene running out of the house, cuts to Ben, getting everybody out of the house, cuts back, same person running out of the house. It's like him a really long time. <laughs> we love a it. minute. Uh, a classic film trick. Uh, love it. Love <laughs> it. So we get the Pat is not a regular mom. Pat is a cool mom moment right now. When everybody leaves, they look around the house. Ben and Andrew are like, oh my gosh, this is a mess. And Pat goes, don't you worry, kids. Just push all of the mess from the tables and chairs and everywhere onto the floor. And they're like, like this, Pat, cut to shoving whole ass plates. Glass, glass bottles. I have bottles. so many questions. Oh, I, I am made very <laughs> uncomfortable by this scene. And I was like, if they're setting up for the floor absorbers again, yeah. all we've seen is liquid. These are yeah. very clearly solid objects. 
Correct. I am uncomfortable. Well, how come Pat sucks up plates and not the dog? Right. Uh, or human people. Where, or, where or the does furniture. the floor stop? Right. Could it just suck up you? Right. I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. Why is the dog not gone? Why is the <laughs> furniture not gone? Why are they not gone? It's right. mystifying. Could Patrice make every human in this house get sucked into the floor she at should, any time she wants? She should have done that to the bully instead of kicking <laughs> just, Can you imagine? <laughs> like he just oh God. That's a disappears into the into the carpet. Well, then my next question is where does this stuff go? I agree. Cause like, okay, if if you're gonna It's a giant trash system like in magic kingdom <laughs> yeah you just hear it rattling down the tunnels below like, the house I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the <street. laughs> I could accept the the liquid i guess like there could but what do you do with that whole ass plate pat and glasses i just want to know how pat knows to suck the plates up but not not the people i, I just i just picture a world where she does suck up the people accidentally you know what yeah. i mean like but like oh shit i got your calf yeah it's, it's not the whole you're person like up to your knee it's just like part of them because <laughs> you're like so like a you're grinder like in there yeah you're like grind it into the floor oh, i can't get it <laughs> it's edited, a horror show edit it differently this could be a horror film. yeah this for this is, sure. This is a Halloween Horror Nights house. All right. Well, I, yeah. That's, <clears throat> that's my terrifying. Question, I guess. I, I, it's just, I don't have a good answer for you. It's just scary. Uh, but ultimately, but the ultimately, jig is up. Sorry. Ultimately, if that technology existed, I would like it oh, to yeah. clean my house. Yeah, for sure. Well, of course. I mean, currently, I am that. I'd settle, for the, I'd settle for the liquid version, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm good with the liquid version and not risking my own self and Ank- safety. But Ankles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nick arrives back at the house, and the jig is ultimately up because of a jacket that was left strewn on a ficus. Now here's my question: it's Gwen's cardigan. We'll follow up. If Gwen's cardigan had been on the floor, would it have gotten sucked up? I think I so. Think so. I she would have so. sucked up a whole ass cardigan. Yeah. She sucked up a whole ass pizza box. Why not? <laughs> Then why are humans not? <laughs> We're coming back to the same issue. How is your sock different than a cardigan? <laughs> I, I, I have a bigger issue with this, and that's how c- Dad figured it out immediately that that was someone else's sweater. Ooh. Why did Angie not just lie and say that's her my sweater? cardigan? <laughs> yeah. There's no dad on earth that knows their entire child's wardrobe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just oh, say yeah. that's your sweater. So we get a great parent lecture where Nick kind of goes in on both the kids as well as Pat. And then Pat is like, I'm about to be the most responsible maternal figure in town. And this is when things take a turn. Yeah, for the worst. Yeah, big. Old, she's about to knuckle down, as she says. Mm. And now enter like the third act of this of this Reaching movie, the climax. Right? That's right. Third act of this film. And this is when Pat is now... We've seen Pat as AI. We've seen Pat as maternal mom. And now we get to see Pat as knuckle-down, effectively jailer. Right? She has become a warden of a prison. The prison is the house. And it's imme- the effect, again, immediate. For Angie, Ben, and Nick, all like, I'm not going to... Like, she won't let Ben leave the house. She shocks the doorknob on him. 
Well, okay, before we get into Scary Pat, we do get the climax of the Ben-Nick tension. Oh, yeah. That's correct. Because Well, because Sarah comes over yeah. to reset. She turns Pat off. <laughs> And they're make they're gonna make dinner the old fashioned way. Sarah and Nick cook. Ben sees them, and they yeah, he sees them smooch. Yeah, they have mm. dinner. Ben goes off on him again, and this is also two things happen. One, Ben blows his lid, and two, um, Nick says like we don't even need Pat because they just cook dinner. Uh, but when Ben blows up, it leads to Nick and Ben in his room and the and the climax, as you said, of of this relationship. That relationship, right. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't this when Ben is watching the family memories? No, that, that's Or did that already earlier. happen? Yeah, that that okay. already happened. So that happens, like I think, in the middle of the second out with like the maternal figure, that okay. while, while yeah. Pat is watching those it movies. It is very sad. Ben is watching like home movies. That is important, though. It's I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's after... It's after he introduces uh, Leave It to Beaver and all that stuff. He is watching home movies of him and his mom, and he's just sitting on his bed crying. And Pat, in like a very solemn tone, is like, data downloaded. Like, (laughs) she like watches, understands this is an emotional moment. And I'm glad you brought this up because that's going to come back in just a moment. But yeah, that that's a little bit okay, earlier. That this earlier. Is, yeah, this is Ben and Nick in his room. Big confrontation. Big confrontation. And honestly, I think while there is some yelling, there's a lot of yelling that goes on here. It's a healthy conversation that they end up having. I I, I really like the way that this decom portrays this conversation happening because to date, it's really one of the only times where you're like, this is like a hyper realistic way this would go on. Brink kind of had it, but it's Ralph just does a 180 and goes to therapy off screen. This is Nick and been actively talking about the issues that they have in yeah. a way that is like, you're not like, I think it's so great that Ben, Ben has been so self-centered and focused on like, I lost my mom. I want people to remember my mom. I don't want to be erased. And Nick is like, bro, you're not the only person who lost somebody. Like, stop it. Stop. Yeah. This is bigger than you. No one is going to replace your mom. But like, I'm, I'm still a human being who has enough care and affection for someone else you're not the only person that lost someone you're still the most important people in my family or you're still the most important people in the world to me and i gotta say this is probably the best acting we've seen in a Mm -hmm. deep oh yeah like it was like legitimately good acting from on both ends but especially nick that like i was crying watching this part which i i thought the delivery of you're not the only one that lost somebody was really powerful like i i thought it was a good like blow up moment for Nick on Ben where he clearly lost control. You can see him lose control. He brings it back down immediately. Um, but I thought it was a very emotional and like powerful moment. I thought it was really and, and well earned. I thought they earned it throughout the movie. It didn't feel like a 180. I thought it was a really good. This is a, I, I, just a really good scene. I, I thought this scene was really was really, really good. Again, I think I think Nick's the most likable parent we've seen so far, and I think Ben's the most likable main character we've seen so yep. far, mm-hmm. and uh, all that came to a head right there. I agree. Yeah, really, really, really well done. Which is just in time for Ben to like Sarah because he's going to need her in yeah, a few minutes. Big time. Gonna That's need true. Her. It's very timely. So this is when we get to Pat is becoming domineering. Pat is the warden of the jail. 
will not let uh, will not let Ben leave the house as an example until he pulls up his shorts to an acceptable level, yeah. which I think we all. You know what? I'm with Pat on that one. Yeah, are you with her shocking him? Beginning? No. Oh no, 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 no! This is after that. That no, no, no. That was earlier. He went to school. Now this is we're getting the lockdown. You're getting lockdown, Pat. Now, like now, because Sarah turns off, Pat gets mad. Sarah's there with Nick, and then Ben's in his room, and hologram virtual Pat. Oh. console Pat shows up. I, I did Ooh. write. I I don't know much about technology. I I will admit that it is not one of my you know uh, subjects that I have an extensive wealth of knowledge in, but. Correct me if I'm wrong. A computer cannot make a person, right? <laughs> uh, mm, it would be very difficult yeah, in this uh, in this house. Yes, yeah. that would be tough. The yeah. projection technology that it would take to make Pat in every room of the house at the level of detail that Pat is making this holographic oh, yeah, it's figure incredible. is been, like. To, to be clear, we saw Disney do some very spectacular stuff with drones when they had the drones fly both in Disneyland sure. and, and Disney Springs. Like, think about that investment. Well, I mean, we've had, you know, we had the, the Tupac projection. We got Hatsune Miku. That's for two people in the audience. Yeah, but that's but on one stage, though. The right? idea like, of that moving around a house and stuff is is crazy. wild. I will also just call out that this movie gets very dark at the end. Oh, like, my God. Crazy dark. And one of those is when Pat starts saying like, well, here's why I'm doing this. It's because your world is scary. I've observed what happens in your world. And then on the video screen where she previously played like Cape Cod and an African safari, she plays a nuke going off. Yep. And, and I, I was like, holy shit balls, mom. <laughs> and I want to say Soviet soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. It is very dark and there's going to be another very dark moment for me in just a minute but wow is that a big tone shift <laughs> like it's it's and her solution to this is you are never going to leave well i like that that nick says we got to go outside and in 1999 i was like that's a good point Fast forward to 2020. I was like, <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, you don't. No, maybe no. we don't, actually. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe don't. Pat had a point here. Yeah. <laughs> Are we team Pat? I don't know. I'm not too, well, I'm not what Pat does with what Pat does later, where she throws down metal. Like, first of all, where does she get these? She throws, she locks down the house. Metal screens pop up everywhere. And then you get the secondary effect, which I found particularly jarring. Where she bolts it shut. I gotta know why the house was set up with that. Like they had to program that into the house. Yeah, that's was this correct. For, is this a zombie apocalypse house? Might be. It's like the safe house set up. You know. It's yeah. like to be fair, I would like to be in this house if a zombie apocalypse happened. Sure, of course, very safe. Yeah, but, but like, I was like, wow, Sarah programmed that in there. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It was a secondary animation that. of the for me. That was. And I, this is like when Pat is aware enough, but is not self-aware enough to remember that she's a computer. Like, that's my takeaway. Is Pat, like, full-on does not think she's a computer anymore. Full-on thinks she's a person, thinks she's a mom, thinks she's a caretaker, thinks she's a yeah. warden. Like, but, but luckily, Ben recruits help from Sarah. By means of her rat. By means rat. of her rat. Named rat Butler. Butler. Rat Butler. Rat Butler. <laughs> Very anti-scabbers behavior on behalf of this rat. True. 
Well done, Butler. But he goes to the bathroom, which I did think was clever. He yeah, gets his off. laptop and he DMs her from the bathroom because Pat doesn't follow you into the shower. So he sits it's in true. the shower, which is very clever. But wouldn't Pat have access to the Wi-Fi and to the 100%. computer? Also, like, do we really think, do we really think that after Ben deleted the security protocols that Pat would not be in the bathroom? That's true. She's definitely watching him jerk it now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, let's say Data Pat, downloaded. Let's say that didn't happen. Data download. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Imagine there's a deleted scene with like a kid and like obviously you don't show anything, but just like a head bobbing. Like, like a sigh of relief. Oh, and then you just hear Pat go, data downloaded. Um, okay, let's let's pretend Pat still is not going in the bathroom. Pat is still not hacking into the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Or the, the computer that Ben's using to... I, they don't have Wi-Fi yet, obviously. They have dial-up. Dial-up. Pat would be in on that computer. But let's say she's not for whatever reason. At the very least, he gets a note from Sarah delivered via Rhett Butler. And he reads it out loud. Pat, <laughs> 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 100% Which I know, know is for the audience's sake. But, like, Pat would hear that. 100% she she would. would hear their whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, shut it down. Uh, and like the, the crux of the plan rests on the opening scene which is it's a good callback it's a good callback but also in the opening scene that hole was barely big enough for the newspaper to fit through Sarah <laughs> dives in like an Olympic swimmer how's it supposed to fit a whole ass Sarah but then well that's not the most ridiculous thing she then goes to like go in the control room and she has this laser it's a goggles. James Bond laser. Yep. And she, uh, like, it's the size of a laser pointer. <laughs> and she uses it to open the control room. And I laughed. I, like, laughed out loud at this laser because it's the most ridiculous piece of technology oh, in this yeah. entire movie. Yeah. God. It is more absurd than anything that's in this house. Like, I Pat agree. sucking up the, ta- like, the trash is more believable than this pocket laser that uh, she That's correct. Out. She's that's carrying correct. A, a pocket lightsaber. Like, she's got a yes, lightsaber it's literally on a lightsaber. Uh, she is and it's it's when the, here's also what i don't understand if pat can detect when sarah is laser cutting into the control room why the hell was pat not able to detect when ben was doing the same thing with the screwdriver because the, she wasn't evil pat yet. she wasn't evil pat maybe she could detect it she just didn't say anything about it oh well, I, I guess for the sake of mentioning it, Sarah's able to sneak in because Ben fakes having appendicitis and has absolutely no idea where his appendix <laughs> is. Um, but ultimately, Pat does catch Sarah and herds them all together, which gets us to the final climax of the movie. And again, where it's going to get very dark uh, because Pat turns on the screen of a hurricane and then begins whirling wind around as she, you know, takes over domination. Two quick notes here. Um, Yep, let's go. Nick first says, everybody get down. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but all I wanted in the world was for him to follow that up by saying, everybody get funky. get funky. (laughs) (laughs) But then the other thing was that, it is quite dark that while Pat is maybe trying to kill them, 
she's singing hush little baby don't say a word I... which was the song that was being played on these home videos and i was like wow that is a dark tone <laughs> it's, and it's so like, bad hush little baby oh, like it's like super oh. weird and creepy slow while yep. as she tries to happening. murder people like it oh. is fucking dark i'm like it's god God. that entire segment i was like this is remember your dead mom saying this and now i'm gonna sing it while you as i kill you like what (laughs) oh god literally hush as you become a corpse (laughs) but then ben goes up to her and he's like stop it like you'll never be my mom did you see what Ben and Sarah or dad and Sarah did? They protected us. Like you're not going to be a good mom. And Pat feels. Mm. Oh, and then she doesn't feel because she realized that she can't touch people because she's a hologram. Yeah. She puts her hand through his face or something. <laughs> she just like, she reaches out to touch his face. That. And, just, whoom. and she, yeah, she realizes she can't be his mom because she's not physically there. But I'm just like, can a computer feel? And then Angie says, Pat's crying, which means she decided to display tears coming down her hologram face. (laughs) And as she's crying and disappearing, did you hear the theme of hush, little baby, don't say a word was playing (laughs) behind her? I just was thinking that this is way too WandaVision for me. Like, oh, yeah, I'm getting very WandaVision. It definitely had that feeling. Uh, But ultimately... Like Max said, they don't leave the house. That's true. Pat, the computer learned her lesson, and she's a good house now. But she still looks like evil Pat. That's true. Like, they don't even go back to, like, faceless Pat. It's that Pat with the, like, the bar, or the, the, like, 50s look and everything. I do like this end scene, though. They're having pancakes. And Nick has made the pancakes for the batter. And uh, they're having Sarah over for breakfast. And it's lovely. And uh, then they make chocolate chip pancakes. And everybody's like, well, who put the chocolate chips in the batter? I didn't put the chocolate chip. You put in the chocolate chip? And then Ben goes, I have a pretty good idea of who put the chocolate chips in the batter. And then it does zoom to that screen of, of Pat. And it's just like classic Pat throwing some chocolate freeze chips frame. in there. Classic Pat. A little chocolate chip action. Because I, I too enjoy a chocolate chip pancake. Sure. So. Yeah. That is the end. And that is the end of Smart House. Uh, I, the last thing that I have to say is that what I didn't love is that the last scene, the last sort of frozen frame of, of image that we have of this is just Pat's face, like creepily staring at you as yeah, we close the credits. I was like, we couldn't think of anything better than that creepy, like her not making a smiling face, her making the data downloaded face at you. Like that, data that is, downloaded. that's the character like downloading your thoughts, emotions, feelings, and processing them again. Like that's, yeah. that's a threat. They don't want you to forget. They're ending they, on they a They don't threat. want you to forget. Yeah. yeah, I may be putting chocolate chips in your pancakes, but I will murder you. But you will While die. While singing a nursery rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> so, and showing you videos of nukes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh don't love that. Um, all right. Overall, pretty good movie. So let's let's it. give it our rating. It's a wonderful. Yeah, it's a uh, Max, what do you rate this? Oh, uh, I. It's it's hard. I think that this is. Um, it, it holds up. This movie holds up, and I'm probably going to overrate it because of nostalgia. But I think it's the best decom we've watched, and um, 
I don't remember what I rated the other ones, but right now I want to give this like a nine mm, because nine. I think that it's, it's, it's got the best acting we've seen. It's got the most likable main character we've seen still holds up a lot. You know, some of the tech is sort of fun to watch. Like they FaceTime, which I'm like, yeah, that's real. Mm -hmm. Uh, they talk about remote work. I'm like, yeah, that's real. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's some stuff that actually aged pretty well. And then some stuff that horrifies me, but yeah, I'm giving it a nine. I'm going to go nine two. I think I gave Xenon a nine and I want to make it. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make it clear. I like this one more than Xenon. So I'm going to bump it up to a nine two. Uh, yeah, a lot of the same things Max said. I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. I have very vivid um, memories watching the bewitch scene and the alarm clock scene and the five on the dance floor. And I think this movie holds up. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to get much better than this until we get to High School Musical. Yeah. Oh, probably. That's fair. That's fair. I give this movie an 8.9. It's just very, very good. Like, what just a, a classic early decom. Actual good acting, incredible pacing for a DCOM, right? I think what, what puts it squarely up in the upper echelon for me is showing realistic relationships between parents. Like in a, in a, mm. in a situation that some kids have gone through, I think that would speak directly to them. And that's really nice to see play out on screen. Now let's dive into some IMDb reviews because folks, mm. they are all over the place. I have selected two and they are literally back to back with one another titled one of the worst movies I have ever seen. It's movies like these that make me wonder what insane people would be sandwiched enough to put their names on this piece of trash. Spoiler, there is wow. a, a ridiculous dance scene that made tears come to my eyes as I was laughing at the dork flailing around to a boy band. Dialogue equals terrible. Little girl equals annoying. Dad equals stereotypical. Watch it for the laughs, not the quality. There are some good Disney movies out there, and this is not one of them, with three exclamation points at the end. There is also a scene where the entire family must defend themselves in an exaggerated smoothie malfunction scene. Parents, this is one movie that you don't need to watch with your kids. Did Ryan the Bully write this review? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the, that, it seems logical. That's a bad take. I agree. I don't agree with, I, I read this because I think specifically we really enjoy this and like, I, I just wa- think they're wrong. I want to say a lot of times in these reviews, they're like, this is a bad Disney movie. And I want to know if these people are comparing it to other <laughs> DCOMs or like, like, are you comparing this to like- It doesn't stack up to Lightning King. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Like, are you, are you comparing this to like a national, like Disney animation, like- international blockbuster like this isn't really as good as pirates of the caribbean like yeah no shit (laughs) this is a made for tv movie for children like i just oh man this this next one this next review is i'm reading it but i'm i'm gonna tell you right now none of it makes sense to me I picked oh. it out because like a lot of the reviews are standard. Like it's a 10 out of 10 childhood nostalgia. Da, 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 da. Sure. I'm reading this to you because it sounds like an actual crazy person wrote it. Oh, like genuinely <laughs> sounds like an actual crazy person wrote it. And I'm so excited. <laughs> Just watch a house. Almost fist a boy. <laughs> boy i wasn't ready for that <laughs> this is a 10 out of 10 rating to remind you and just to watch a house almost fist a boy well data was downloaded so yep not gonna based, lie based on your search history <laughs> not gonna lie that was pretty hot there are many that was pretty hot. I'm sorry. What did they <laughs> that, say? That's <laughs> not going to lie. That was pretty hot. It is the I second. don't think this person should be allowed to watch this movie <laughs> I agree. Or near children. 
Holy shitballs. And then the next is, there are not many houses that are that hella thick with two C's. <laughs> I love this review. It is bad shit. Minus the... Yeah, and maybe not fisting a boy. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> Maybe wow. not calling it hot is where yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm concerned. There are some problematic details about this house that must be confronted. First, the reverse Stockholm syndrome that the house has. This is odd because there is either an advance from AI running the house or the woman who programmed the software intentionally did it so she could distress the family and intentionally swoop up the dad, and I'm going to read this verbatim, and his meaty doll. <laughs> I was like... I, I and think his this... what? <laughs> his meaty did he say meaty daughter? Nope. Meaty dong. Is what oh. is thank God. Okay. Honestly, thank Wow. You. This person uh, has something on the brain. Yeah. Uh, the, this, is the, this is the next line. That's why I'm laughing. Guy, they got my version of the script, I think. Yeah. <laughs> sure did. This is, again, a 10 out of 10 rating. Guy Fieri's career peaked when he played the bully in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god oh, next item on the docket clothing choice not a single person is wearing appropriate clothing oh the ways the devil has tainted this world we are taking a hard what in this review it is wild Whew. all right what just happened uh, the, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> literally it's like not a single person is wearing appropriate clothing in this movie. Oh, the ways the devil has tainted this world is the, is the line from this. Oh, boy. The electricity bill for this house must be uh, Elon Musk levels of stank is the next line. In conclusion, this movie does not warn our youth about the dangers of AI and how it can be applied for evil. Ten out I think ten. it does, but I agree they, don't, they should leave at the end if that's the moral. Oh my god! That was a that was a that was a ride. Yeah, that was, was my favorite review so far. That, that was, was a ride. Insanity, insanity. Yeah, that person is on the internet. I'll tell you that. That is true. Wow. All around good movie. Held up. I'm happy we watched it. What's up next on the docket? Genius. Genius. Hmm. I know nothing about that movie. Genius I've never seen this one. Decom. Me. At least I don't think I've seen this one. I might get into it and realize I had seen it, but as of right now, I don't believe I've seen this movie. Yeah, I've not seen it, and I'm just looking at the image on the outside of the so like the movie poster. I it is not familiar to me at all. So I'm I'm interested to watch. It should should be fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Zetus Lapidus. Go ahead and rate, review. We'd love uh, to get your feedback. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much, y'all. We'll see you next week for Genius. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. Future Alan here. You see, past Molly, Alan, and Max got something a little wrong, and that is that we are not watching Genius next to review. We will actually be watching Johnny Tsunami because that came out a month prior to Genius being released. So it's a lot back-to-back, -back, but we'll be doing Johnny Tsunami next. Thank you so much, and we can't wait to see you then.